Welcome to the Only Dream Big podcast, starring your host, Donnie Bedney. Only Dream Big is a podcast where Donnie will share tips and experiences on different topics, such as acquisition entrepreneurship, human capital, and the future of the workforce. He is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years, with the goal of driving change through people. As your guide on dreaming big, let's hear from the man. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Only Dream Big podcast. I'm your host, Donnie Bedney. You know, officially brand new with a standing desk, so I am energized uh, and ready for this conversation, but also so, so, so excited uh, to have my close friend and brother, Zach Ellis, uh, on the pod with us today. I know for a fact there will be some gems, bombs, you know, insert synonym dropped today, um, you know, as as we're going to be, you know, covering some topics that I think are just going to be transformational for uh, all of your lives. So, Zach, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure to be here with you, Donnie. Loving it, man. Loving it. So, you know, want to be cognizant of your time because uh, know how full your calendar is and stuff, but want to hop in my friend. And, and, you know, as you think about it, right, um, we have had, uh, frankly, uh, we've known each other for a long, long time, right? Uh, at this point, worked at an organization together, you know, before the Gallup organization. Uh, and and I'm going to walk the people back to, you know, our days in D.C. Uh, I think my office was like on the back wall, um, you know, somewhere. And I remember specifically just, you know, small office, but we had like these whiteboards on the wall uh, and and remember some specific like strategy sessions, yeah. uh, you know, that we we would have uh, together. Um, and at that point, you know, we were working in consulting, but you had, you know, larger dreams, right? Um, you know, working in venture and, and, you know, investing in companies and all these kind of things. Um, and so you can you can take the people back, you know, before then or or anything. But one of the powerful things that I'd love for you to, you know, cover for us a little bit is can you talk through, you know, kind of or, or take us back to where you were at that point? Um, and, you know, as to, you know, where you are today, because I feel like I, I can take it back to that first conversation as basically like now I've witnessed it manifest into your life. And obviously we're on the only dream big podcast. So just being able to share like a real story of how you've been able to transition uh, multiple times, frankly, um, you know, throughout your career, but even, you know, to a completely different industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would first take everyone back to kind of like the type of headspace I was in at that point in time. So I began my career out of college in the military. Mm-hmm. So I served seven years active duty in the military, um, loved my time in the military. And then <clears throat> as I was transitioning out, went to business school and was on a personal mission to do something as that I felt would be as important and impactful in corporate life as serving in the military was to me. And so that kind of set the tone for my corporate career. And I, I knew I wanted to be in business. I knew I wanted to run businesses and that sort of thing, but I didn't really know what kind of business and how and why. Um, and so, you know, to me, what made the most sense was if I want to eventually run a business one day, I should learn how they work. I should probably fix some of their problems. And that's how I kind of got into consulting. 
And so given my um, journey through consulting, I you know, was at a place where I was still trying to figure out my my fit, um, my like how my skill sets could you know most effectively be applied. Because um, I you know at the end of the day, like I, I wasn't fulfilled in what I was doing, right? I, I wasn't necessarily that happy. I was doing things that I thought were right that I thought made sense, particularly according to kind of like the mantra that business school gives you about developing certain skill sets and what sounds sexy and all that sort of thing. But I uh, was coming to learn that, you know, I was naturally good at certain things and had less interest in other things. And one of the big lessons we learned working uh, where we did together was that like, you should focus on your strengths, right? And so I was going through this maturation, this personal maturation of trying to not only identify and understand my strengths, but to really focus on them and identify jobs and industries that would allow me to only work through them. Mm. And um, and because I, I, I found, you know, I didn't just hear it from conventional wisdom, but I found through practice that when I sort of leaned into what I was really good at, yep. I had outsized, you know, positive results. Sure. And so that's kind of where I was in my life. I'm like, you know, what is it? Like, I know I'm somewhat analytical. I know I like numbers. I, I know I want to take advantage of the fact that, you know, I think I'm smart, uh, but I also know that I'm really <laughs> people, you know, not naturally the most focused on details. I'm a kind mm-hmm. of a strategy guy. Like, how do I bring all these things together, right? And then even some mm-hmm. of those things where, you know, you know, one might consider somewhat, you know, sort of selfish and silly. Like I knew I liked to travel and I knew I liked, you know, yeah. that sort of stuff, right? But I knew I didn't want to be in sales and I knew I didn't want to, you know, be a flight attendant, right? Like I, I it, yep. so it's like, what makes the most sense? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so, so you know this story as, as well as anyone. One day, you know, I, yep. I go to attend this workshop uh, on creating black wealth. And yep. well, that's great. That that's not like the important part of this story. Uh, there was this panel of people speaking on their careers. Was this and, CBC? This this yeah, is, this this is like CBC, right? Congressional Black Caucus. Yeah. All right, perfect. Yep. And most of the people on the panel were real estate investors. Yep. And um, there was this one person who was a private equity slash venture capitalist, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, while that was interesting, what what sort of gave me the revelation, uh, revelation I needed that day and set me on a new path was mm-hmm. how he got there. So he went, he goes on to tell this story about he started his career as a physician and yep. that life was good as a physician. He was making more money than all his friends and he was doing mm-hmm. this and that. And like, he didn't think life could get any better. He had a house, yeah. boat, cars, happy kids, like everything was great. Yep. Uh, but talked about how he discovered private equity. And I won't bore everyone with that story. But after having discovered it, made yep. the decision to make a hard switch on his life. Mm-hmm. To just stop what he was doing as a practicing physician. Yep. And to completely pivot into being a professional investor and da 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 da. While you're saying this, I'm literally going to look this guy up on LinkedIn because we're going to tag him. Um, but anyway, continue the story. Continue the story. And single-handedly with a with a five-minute story changed my life. So 
Uh, and there were some things I knew about the venture capital industry and I was kind of mulling about, but I was, you know, and, and I thought it would be something I'd be interested in, but I didn't know how to get there. Yeah. Um, the boot camps that we see today about how to break into VC that are offered by, you know, great organizations like Black VC and, and others did not exist. Mm -hmm. um, yep. uh, we did not see the sort of social justice activism around actively recruiting diversity into the industry that we see right now. There's probably like, you know, no more than 10 Black VCs in all of America at that point in time. And <laughs> um, I, I may be exaggerating, I may not be. It, it was that bad during those days. Um, and <laughs> the fact that this man you know, was willing to throw, throw away everything he had built to make a completely different uh, career choice inspired me because I was like, well, if this man can, you know, make this change, I've got less to lose than he does or he, you know, he did at that time. So yeah. there's no reason I can't do the same thing. And, and um yeah, I, I just decided that day that there was nothing that was going to hold me back. And ironically, a lot of things in my life were coming together at that point in time that all reinforced this message. I yeah. just met with a friend of mine who told me, like, look, if you want to do something, just do it. I had just watched, you know, um, Will Smith's now uh, famous interview with Tavis Smiley where he talked about, you know, just making the power of making a decision. Mm. And just doing whatever it is you want to do and the universe sort of molding around you yeah. uh, and moving out of your way. Like all these sort of messages were like bouncing mm. around in my head. And then to see someone who had actually done it yeah. and, and, and given up something that is widely considered highly lucrative to go yeah. do something else that was riddled with nothing but risk and didn't have a lot of diversity in it was yeah. just the most awe-inspiring thing that I had ever seen. And That's so... Amazing. It lit a fire in me that has um, paid tremendous dividends because mm -hmm. literally taking that first step, which was another message that had been bouncing around in my head, if you don't know how to do something, just take the first step. And then when you mm -hmm. get there, take the next step. And then when you get there, just look around, take the next step. And yeah, um, yeah that set me on the path that led me where I am today. So I'll kind of stop there and see if you guys. So, so many nuggets, man, um, that you just shared. I mean, that, that uh, you know, taking the next step, uh, you know, kind of piece is definitely, you know, an aspect that we're going to replay over and over again, um, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, the other thing that I'd love for you to unpack uh, a little bit for folks, um, you know, and, and uh, it, I believe the guy's name was Neelan Youngblood. So, you know, shout out, put them out, shout out to Neelan. Shout out to Neelan, um, you know, because I think you guys, are, you guys are in Texas now, so there's no reason you guys should actually connect, um, you know, for sure. So, uh, Neelan, holla at my boy Zach. Um, Y'all need to talk. I'm sure there's some stuff that you guys can partner on now, uh, actually, so um, that'll be good. But, um, you know, it, I think that there's so much power, man, and one of the things you shared, which is just, you know, being able to see someone who has done you know, um, what you, you know, kind of aspire to do, right? And so, you know, investment, obviously, is, it, you know, there's many different ways to invest, you know, private equity, venture capital, et cetera. And I'm sure we'll unpack, you know, some of that uh, and your passion for, you know, venture, um, you know, and that path that you kind of took. Uh, but can you, can you continue to talk a little bit just about, um, you know, that was kind of the catalyst for you to take that first step. But, 
we've also talked, you know, uh, previously about it, almost as soon as you kind of took that step and started making that move, you discovered that there were many more people, right? Um, and maybe not a million, right? Um, you know, but but it goes back to uh, you know a verse that you had uh, you know told me about, and 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 we'll we'll bridge the verse, right? Um, you know, but it, it was, uh, it, it's the whole verse of, uh, you know, less is more, there's plenty of us, yeah. um, you know, you know, so it, it, how many, you know, it, how did, how were you intentional once you discovered that there was at least one person who had, you know, kind of done what you aspired to do, how were you intentional and what kind of steps did you take to kind of surround yourself with more people who had yeah. done similar things? Yeah. Um, so it's also important to know that at that point, like I was in this, I, I had turned into this position of just being bold and just doing what was on my mind, right? So that's the kind of the context. Because to me, yeah, it's one thing to see someone doing something you want to do, but then like, how do you get there is, is always like, at least for me, is what's usually been the tough part. But, you know, so the first thing I did at that point, I was getting, I was engaged to be married at that point. My, my, uh, <laughs> Now wife was a graduate student at the University of Wisconsin. And so I was in the process of kind of networking um, in Madison, Wisconsin to, to identify potential career opportunities. Mm -hmm. And uh, instantly my sort of searching went from like GE Healthcare and other companies that were in the Madison area to like venture capital. And um, <laughs> lo and behold, I found a venture fund. Like it, the, the, I mean, narrowly focused yep. and sure enough i found a venture capital fund headquartered in madison wisconsin uh you know called venture investors are still around today not too far away from um uh, where my wife lives at the matter of fact and lo and behold i'm looking at the partners at this fund mm -hmm. one of them's black wow you know, holy smokes yeah and um I'm like going through my mind, okay, I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to ask for a coffee next time I'm in town, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm working it all out in my head. Yeah. And that afternoon, that very afternoon, I'm on the phone with my fiance telling her that I found this fund. Um, and you know, at this point, she's still like, yeah, you want to do this CVVC thing? I don't know <laughs> if it's this, but I'm supporting you. Like, you go, babe. And uh, I tell her that I, fi I find this fund. Yeah. And Lo and behold, one of the partners is black. And I'm just like, you know, talking about how I want to meet this person, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then she says, wait, I think I know who you're talking. Wait, I think I know who you're talking about. No, and no. I think he goes to my church. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, like, like I, need to, I need to come visit this weekend. Like, and it, and it, it just takes off, right? Yep. And so sure enough, he did attend her church. Um, she then reached out to the pastor who then made an intro I then reached out with, you know, kind of what I had to talk about and kind of mm -hmm. uh, my career intentions at that point. Yeah. And he so happened to be uh, visiting D.C. He was in, in the process of moving to Washington, D.C., where we were. And I'm wow. in the process of moving to Madison, Wisconsin. So I'm like, we got to get together, so on and so forth. So I met him. And then mm -hmm. just boldly, a lot from just kind of also talking to you, yeah. I'm having this conversation with this man uh, in person at this point. And I just sort of blurred out at one point, would you be my mentor? <laughs> and, um, he was like, uh, sure. And 
I'm proud to say he's he's my mentor to this day. Um, and you know, every time I come to you know some sort of hard decision point or or, or or whatnot with regard to venture capital, he's always been there as a sounding board. He's had a great track record. He's a Kaufman Fellow, done all these things. He's been a, a startup founder himself. So yeah. you know, that was the next step, right? I, now I found someone who's not only done it, mm-hmm. been there, knows the landscape, but is now also taking a personal interest in me. Yeah. I thought I got to double down on this, right? Like if not only if he likes me, but is willing to sort of spend time uh, coaching me and advising me, like I, yeah. I need as much of that as possible. And so sure. that's probably the next next thing. And so I just kind of went down a path to sort of wash and repeat as it relates to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that brings up two points, man. Um, you know, uh, two of which we've actually talked about on the pod. And, and the second one, I'd love for you to, talk about a little bit more. So one is, um, you know, kind of in my life when I talk about alignment, right? And and obviously, you know, we're, we're men of faith and stuff like that. So you can talk about providence and and all these things. I mean, the irony, you meet this person in church and all that. We're, we're not going to talk about that today. But when I think about alignment, one of the statements I've made is that, you know, when you are aligned, right, with your purpose or whatever, um, you can take one step and a thousand things will work out, right? Whereas when you're misaligned, you can take a thousand steps and nothing will work out. Right? For sure. um, and, 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 and with that, I think that it, one thing that would be great uh, for, to, to hear your perspective on is Matt Harris, uh, you know, came on uh, and was talking to us about the power of light, right? And the power of focus. And the fact that I believe the exact statement, and you, you'd have to go back and listen to the episode, but he said that, you know, light, similar to, to, to our room, has the ability to radiate like an entire room, right? But when it is focused in a laser, it can cut through diamonds, Yeah. right? And, and because we've had all these conversations and you kind of hinted at this, you know, you were going after a lot of different things, but it appears that when you got laser focused on where you were going to go and you took that step, then things, you know, like it, it, things just started opening up. Yeah. And, and what's funny, you know, it's, it's also ironic when you're in a certain place and maybe people, you know, are not right. I'm, I'm, I'm now trying to share with others this revelation I've had about focus <laughs> and intentionality and yep. knowing your strengths. And people are like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. And, yep. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, keep working my career path. I'm like, nah, dude, you got to find out what you want to do. <laughs> thing. Right. Um, yeah, I would say that um, the power of focus and that alignment, you know, it's like a fist, it's like an arm, right? Right. It's like you just hit so much harder. Everything that you're going after, you hit that much harder because mm. now everything you read, you're retaining, everything you're searching for all relates to that same thing. Um, all the distractions of your life like fall mm-hmm. by the side. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, we, we even had a couple of conversations before I left DC about uh, you know different you know, job opportunities that were still being presented to us. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we would ask each other, well, is that, the, is that an opportunity or is that a distraction? Yeah. Um, and you know, we talked about how you know, at this point, like even if it's the right amount of money, 
or, or more money than like, we're necessarily looking for if it's if it's not on the path yep. it's essentially a distraction right yeah um, yep. and the success that I started to build just reinforced that because then I, I showed up at uh, ultimately started working at the University of Wisconsin for an organization called Wharf, uh, mm-hmm. which is a tech, technology transfer organization that basically looks to commercialize re- university research. So all the great science that's taking place at universities, they're trying to monetize those things, uh, a portion of which through startups and venture capital. Yep. So. I joined their team. They just so happened to be looking for someone with an alternative background, so that worked out well. Um, I get there and I, you know, I'm boldly saying like, I want to work on the, all the startup related deals, and they say, Sure, why not? And uh, yeah, you know, we're looking for someone who who can take on this stuff. And so yeah. I'm now bringing my consulting skills to these startup opportunities as I'm analyzing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, the markets these companies are going after, the ways in which they're looking to develop technology, and it's all these things are building muscles for mm. the work itself, right? And then yep. the work you do starts to compound because you're not wasting your time doing other things that are either not on your path or not yes. within your strengths. And so uh, because you're doing more, you know, let's call them uh, – game time reps right yeah you're just better preparing yourself for an actual game right like there's yeah. no wasted motion anymore and yeah. to me that's the real power of of focus mm-hmm. i think everything you say everything you do starts to resonate better with the people around you who are listening to you they yeah. then start to feed you things because it just sort of looks and appears as though you're moving in the right ways for the right reasons yeah um and because you're now extra motivated, uh, extra energized, et cetera, mm-hmm. and feeding your, not just um, yourself, pers- uh, um, you're, you're now feeding your soul with this type of work, right? And mm. feeling yep. yourself, um, you learn at an accelerated rate and yeah. you uh, develop at an accelerated rate and you do more. Like next thing you know, you know, I had gone from like a you know very, I wouldn't even call it casual book reader, but I'm starting to now read avidly yeah. in technology, in venture capital. I'm trying to soak up everything there is, and I'm not getting yeah. tired of doing it because it's something that's just pouring into me. So, yeah, um, and it just continues to feed on itself. That's powerful, man. I, I was just listening uh, to uh, Navel Ravikant and, uh, you know, founder of AngelList. And, and yeah. that's one of the key, you know, pieces that he talks about, you know, successful people, uh, not only read, but love to read. And he gave the tip that, you know, start off reading, uh, you know, things that either you want to learn about or that you enjoy. And that over time, uh, basically, you'll develop like uh, a level of effectiveness or like speed of reading and absorbing information that that is like an elite skill and habit that can propel you to success within whatever vertical you know, you kind of already are. Um, and so no, crazy. I was just so, listening to that. Talk about until like years later after I had done it. So I got so excited about reading all this material that I read everything I can get my hands on, right? The good books, the bad books, the mediocre yep. books. 
And as I found things start to repeat themselves or mm -hmm. books that were good or bad, you know, I just took it as a data point. Like, okay, well, yeah. don't this one on to the next one. And before yeah. I knew it, I had kind of read, you know, 80% of the body of work in yeah. that space. And yep. suddenly I'm starting to present something like an expert. Oh, uh, your top one, I'm, your top 1%. Easy, yeah. man. Easy. Yeah. Uh, good, good. That's it. Just like go read the top books, the top 10 books yeah. on a particular topic. And now you are, you know, completely differentiated from the rest of the pack. And I completely. did that by complete luck and happenstance. Uh, <laughs> but it worked out. It, it, and it's definitely true. Great, great, great time because we love sharing practical and pragmatic tips. You also, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it to you uh, and share with you uh, some advice that I give to people, and and it's this will build exactly on what Zach just shared, right? Pick the top 15 to 25 books, um, you know, and and you you don't have to go 25, but frankly, that 10 to 15, like Zach said, and whatever you want to become an expert on, read those. Then, if you're looking to transition or even accelerate your career, pick 15 to 25 people that you, you know, would switch places with tomorrow, right? Who are doing things that you think you want to do within that same space. And just ask for 15 to 30 minutes of their time to talk a little bit about how they got there, et cetera. And I guarantee you, because you've read those 10 to 15, like Zach said, one, you're going to know more than 95% of people that work in the space, number one, because people don't read. Um, and then two, because you're asking for such a small uh, time aspect, 15 to 30 minutes, the, the people with the fullest calendars I have, we, you're almost embarrassing people to spending time with you, right? Like nobody's going to tell you they don't have 15 minutes over the next two weeks, right? Like it's literally embarrassing. And if they do turn you down for 15 minutes, then you don't want to meet them anyway. Right? <laughs> so, but as you're sitting down with those folks and hearing more about, you know, the next steps that you should potentially take, you're also, and, and this is what Zach just hinted on, you're going to be able to literally add value to them because there's a possibility that you're going to be able to say, well, I'm sure, which is one of my favorite things to say, well, I'm sure that you've read such and such and such and such, Right. And if they're the experts that you know, there's only a couple of responses they're going to give you, right? Either they're going to say, yes, that was an excellent read. And then you're going to show that like you're, you're on that level, you're reading the right things, right? Or they're going to say, you know what? No, I haven't read that. Tell me about it. And then you're going to be able to add some value to them. And if you want to really take your relationship building to a whole nother level, this is like guru relationship building nugget, right? They're going to probably say, I'm going to buy it, right? And what you then need to say is, don't worry about it. I'll send you a copy, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? right? And it, guru, guru move, right? But, but you know, once again, just a practical and pragmatic way to, to really take steps towards becoming, you know, top five, top 1%, I'd, I'd argue, um, you know, in whatever field you you want to pursue uh, a little bit more. Um, if, if we can, man, I, I'd love to, because two quotes literally came to my mind as you were talking. Um, you know, one is the classic Bruce Lee quote, right? Like, you know, uh, I don't fear the man that's practiced a thousand kicks one time. 
I fear the man who's, you know, it, and, and I'm sure I'm getting it wrong because I'm paraphrasing, but you get the gist. Like, but I, I do fear the man who's practiced one kick a thousand times, yeah. right? And you talked about that from like a punching perspective, et cetera. But you also touched on reps, which um, since it's the only Dream Big podcast, we'll shout him out. You know, shout out to Mark Cuban um, because he talks about, you know, the business of sports, right? Being a team owner of the Mavericks, et cetera but also the sport of business yeah. and the difference in like, you know, you could hit 30% of the time in major league baseball and go to the hall of fame, right? That 300 hitter is going to the hall of fame every time. But the reason why he loves the sport of business is because you have unlimited swings yep. and you only need to hit once. One time. Like, so, so you talked, you, you talked about the reps that you were able to, you know, kind of build at, at Wharf. Um, which by the way is like the first tech transfer, right? Like yes. in, in the history of tech transfer. So, so just so we put everything on a level, <laughs> like you've worked at the first one. And then I know, you know, a number of organizations and stuff, you know, moving forward, but can you talk through, you know, your experience, um, you know, in, in tying those two things together, you know, it, how have you seen, uh, cause at least in my life, I found that there is significantly more power in creating opportunity as opposed to catching it. Mm. Oh yeah. And um, so, so I'll start with that around um, since you brought up Nabal, um, he has um, uh, an interview where he talked about luck, mm-hmm. uh, the power of luck and how certain people create their own luck. And he, he talked about what that meant to him. And it was about being prepared for opportunity. Mm. People will find you because you've done all the homework to get you to a certain spot. And so yeah. while, yes, it's luck that they have found your name amongst a bunch of other names, it's not luck, not luck that you are there. And it's not mm-hmm. luck that you are prepared to do a certain thing that they are now searching mm. for. Um, mm. uh, but mm. that's played out. But like back to you know more specifically to your point about creating opportunity. Um, I mean, I can't say enough about it because when you catch opportunity, um, you're getting something that's been it's already been crafted, right? Mm-hmm. And so because it's been crafted by someone else. It doesn't necessarily contemplate the unique things that you can bring to that opportunity, mm-hmm. ways you can enhance that opportunity, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so creating opportunity lends you the opportunity to uh, uh, sort of tee things up for success in unique ways because mm-hmm. you're envisioning that opportunity in a way only you can operate within it. Uh, in ways you bring your best self to it and, and, and your biggest strengths to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've taken the time to sort of, um, you know, do the work on yourself and understand what you're good at, why you're good yeah. at it, what you're interested in and bringing all those things to, to bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what comes to my mind when I think about creating opportunity versus catching it. I, I think about. Well, it, it's just so, it's so nonlinear, right? Yeah. And and to me, like the 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 corporate ladder, which we've talked about climbing it, right? Because we both oh. we both have throughout our lives, right? 
it's so linear from a thinking perspective. But if you step into the creation aspect, it almost gives you the ability to leapfrog, right? Which you've been able to do numerous times in your career if you would have simply just taken whatever the next role is, right? It's like me, oh, well, you need to be a chief operating officer at this size company before you can ever be a president, CEO, et cetera. Um, You know, whereas you've kind of had those experiences you have that dream, and then you start reaching out in in boldness, like you said, right? Um, you know, and knowing your strengths, and then you know you've been able to leapfrog a few times, frankly, yeah, uh, in just amazing ways. Yeah, and and so uh, one of my favorite lyrics comes to mind with, with regard to that, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, from the great Biggie Smalls, the, the, the <laughs> songwriter Biggie Smalls once said, you know, "I climbed the ladder to success, escalator style." Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, you know, we talked about reps, which I guess I'm trying to tie a bunch of concepts together, right? So when you talk about reps and talking about moving in your strengths and all the things that come to bear, you begin to develop what's called cumulative advantage, mm. right? Um, and... And with that cumulative advantage, you're now able to not just to not simply move linearly, but exponentially in terms mm. of leapfrogging opportunities, because mm-hmm. you can now take experiences, skills, and um, uh, you know that you've that you've learned over time, and bring them to bear in new ways mm-hmm. uh, that don't sort of require you to learn them one at a time. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, in my uh, in my own life, um, you know, I've been able to um, think about how, how I want to tee this up. Long story short, you know, I, I had gone from fairly junior roles within venture capital. So after I left Wharf, um, I was able to to move on to PepsiCo, where I started out as a technology scout. Mm-hmm. Um, that then reorged into a corporate you know, strategy team within technology, mm-hmm. uh, which was a new team. And as they were handing out roles, they were like, oh, well, we've got a couple of initiatives that are kind of brewing. Is anyone interested in this sort of venture capital space? I don't know what that even is. You know, we're a food <laughs> company. I don't know. What, what are we doing with tech and, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and venture capital? And I was at the ready with like, yes, I'd love to take that over. Let me tell you what immediately why we need to be working in that space. And so, you know, the reaction was great. Someone who wants this, someone who's willing, who's willing to lean in. Mm -hmm. And you know, venture capital wasn't nearly sort of as ubiquitously popular as it is right now. Like sure, but um, especially uh, you know, corporate VC, um, but. You know, because I was there, I was ready, I raised my hand, I, I had a point of view, I yeah. was smart enough on on you know, the topics that roll into that to then sort of mm-hmm. um, articulate why it was important. They were happy to let me do it. Um, mm. And so I then, you know, sort of took that experience and, mm-hmm. you know, and everything that came along with it and rolled it into the next experience. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that you know, I've kind of landed where I am now. And so, you know, I, I now live in Houston, Texas. 
I lead a uh, early stage venture capital fund called uh, HTX Impact Fund. It's a fifty million dollar mm-hmm. venture fund that invests in Black and Brown founders in mm. uh, the the greater Houston region, basically the large cities in Texas, mm-hmm. and. Um, I was able to do that given a background that was extremely nonlinear. Mm-hmm. But when they were looking for a CEO to lead this fund, mm-hmm. um, they wanted someone who knew a little bit about clean tech and energy. They were looking for someone who knew something about healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, you know, med tech, and digital health. They were looking for someone who knew a little bit about space tech and gov mm-hmm. tech and deep tech. They were looking for someone who knew a little bit about uh, consumer packaged goods in the CPG space. Mm-hmm. And what uniquely suited me to to answer that call was the fact that I had had up until that point what I had considered a very random career. Mm-hmm. Because when I was at the University of Wisconsin, I specialized in biotech applications. I got a mm-hmm. master's degree in biotechnology, which had me dabbling in biofuels and medical devices and uh, biotech related therapeutics. Mm-hmm. which had nothing to do with what I was doing when I finally got to PepsiCo and I yep. was uh, investing in agriculture and food tech and a bunch of other sexy things, a uh, pe- bunch of other things that people did not find sexy. Yes. And then I went from there to Ohio State University where I was commercializing research, this time in gene therapy mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, sort of other areas of specialized research. And so when I finally got presented with this opportunity and they're like, you know, do you think you could either build a team around it or do you think you've got sort of breadth of experience that might give you insight into all these areas? I was able to tell a story yeah. that presented itself as extremely cogent, extremely relevant, extremely yeah. perfect that I could not have set up on my own. Um, and that I thought that if I ever wanted to go to California and work at a particular, you know, any one of those yeah. big flagship funds, yeah. that I'd have a hard time explaining like how I'm suited for what is typically uh, funds that do one or two, maybe three things, yeah. even agnostic funds, um, because I'm, I'm like a little bit all over the place, right? Yeah. Um, no, but it like, you know, through again, you know, providence and God's will and all that sort of stuff, I am perfectly prepared yeah. for this this role. And then even, you know, the question about, uh, they asked me like, well, well, how do you feel about Texas? And would you be interested in moving to Texas? And I said, I'd love to move to Texas, and here's why. So I'm originally born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana, which is only mm-hmm. five hours from, Tex- uh, from Houston. I've got a brother and sister that live in Dallas. I've got cousins who live in Houston. My parents still live in New Orleans. Like, it was a perfect uh, sort of confluence of events that I could not have, you know, sort of handpicked on my own. And so, yeah, yeah just being prepared and then stepping into the moment, like it just all came together. Yeah, man. And, you know, it, the crazy part is, uh, you know, it's it, I'm sure you've read The Alchemist and, and a bunch of our listeners have as well. It's it's the you know, it's almost like it this culmination to the end of the story in The Alchemist where they're like, you know, and while you were looking for it, the universe was looking for you as well. That's right. Um, and that's the, that's the power of being willing to take that first step. We being willing to be bold, being willing to, you know, dive deep into who you are you know, your strengths, bringing all those pieces together, and at the same time, being willing to also create, right? Because we'll have to have you back because there's there's something I want you to really unpack 
because uh, I think that there's significant power in being willing to raise your hand, even when you're not quite ready, right? Yeah. And I heard somebody say it this way, like, if you have, I want to say it's like 60 to 70% of requirements, like for a role, you should just go for it, right? Yeah. Nobody, you know, by the time you have 100% for a role, then technically you're overqualified, right? Like you shouldn't even be in that role. You should be shooting for something else. And so I think that there's a significant power there and, and would love to unpack that, um, you know, with you another time. Um, but one of the other powerful pieces that I'll kind of sum up what, what I at least received from you today, and I'm going to look in the camera for everybody because I think that you all need to understand this. And hopefully this is one of the things that you've gotten from, you know, what Zach has shared with us today because there's so many nuggets um is that the world is waiting for you yeah right if he hadn't been willing to take these steps and literally nothing that you're going through right now experiences everything else is shaping and building you for that opportunity and you need to understand that there are literally hundreds if not thousands of people whose destinies are also tied directly to you being willing to take that action, right? The yeah. people that you're going to be able to impact as a result of leading a fund, right, that you're going to be able to invest in, are going to impact other communities, are going to impact millions of lives. And it's all because you were willing to take that first step, right? Yeah. Um, it's That's just powerful, man. So, so powerful. For me, it ties back. I'll, I'll give a couple hints to like what you want to follow up on, and you know, I think, you know, for people, it should always come back to talent and the power of talent, as mm -hmm. opposed to fulfilling a list of requirements. Because, um, yeah, and when I, you say when you say talent, just define talent for for what you mean for for folks. Yeah, sure. Talent is, um, gosh, I'm not going to give the Gallup definition because it, it, that's hazier in my mind at this point. <laughs> but like the special things that make you you, that that you are especially good at, that you have developed, yep. that you have perfected, that you've worked on, and yep. because you're also naturally good at them, they feed on themselves and give you, yep. you know, unique competitive advantage. Yep. That's what I mean when I talk about talent. Yep. Um, and so I love to say talent always has options. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from, you know, when I started my career in HR consulting, I started uh, in, in talent um, hiring folks. And, you know, one of the things we always talked about was hiring for talent. Don't hire for, you know, must you know be proficient at you know this that and the third <laughs> x number of years experience yep. look at their background and see if you think they have the talent to either perform it or talent to figure it out talent to mm -hmm. eventually be good at it etc cetera, etc cetera. and mm -hmm. um you know that has fueled my whole perspective on not only jobs for myself but jobs and when i go to put people into particular places and if you look at sports and some of the most successful coaches, they're the type of people who like to put talent into unique situations and let things play out. Yeah, yeah. I admire the way Phil Jackson used to coach. I mean, he would take bench players and put them in the game in the first quarter. And <laughs> what I found that did to him, because his bench players are getting more reps 
because they're getting to play against the first string of the other team yep. uh, in moments when it doesn't necessarily matter. When you really need that bench player to step up, they are going to be better than everybody else's bench player. Yep. Um, because they've been in the game in in different scenarios. They're just built differently. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that mentality prepares you in ways for things that simply going along with the flow isn't going to do. And so I think you've got to you know, be willing to raise your hand, follow the opportunity. If you know what your path is, if you know what you're looking for, when yeah. you see it come, be ready to just jump at it because you'll never know. Uh, My man, uh, just amazing, amazing, amazing nuggets. Um, you know, for the people today and really appreciate you for, uh, you know, being with us. Um, you know, yeah, hopefully we can we can hop back on your calendar uh, and get a chance to continue the combo in some kind of ways, um, you know, and appreciate everybody for listening. You know, this has been the only dream big podcast. You know, we'll see you next week. That's all for today, folks. See you next time.